So I want to just take this minute to uh, welcome all you online viewers. We do uh, acknowledge you, and we know that uh, you're faithful as well. Wish you were here. But uh, all of you are here, and we just welcome you back from all of the holiday activities. And you look very, very blessed. I think you look rested. And so we're ready to go for this new year. So happy new year. I want to start... Uh, tonight with a scripture. Uh, um, this is kind of a jumping off of what I shared on Christmas morning at the candlelight service, and some of you weren't able to be here. I, I imagine, I can't remember who was here and who wasn't, but we had a great crowd and a great service, but I just shared a little, little snippet of something that was in my heart, and I just want to kind of share a little bit more along that line tonight. So in Matthew, the fifth chapter, starting in verse thir 13, this is Jesus speaking. Um, this is what we call a part of the Sermon on the Mount. And um, it's Jesus himself that is talking. And he's talking to a lot of people. It's not just talking to his disciples. But there's a lot of people listening in on this sermon and he's uh, sharing something that's really, I believe, on his heart. So it starts with, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste or its strength or its quality, how can its saltiness be restored? It is not good for anything any longer but to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by man. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, just, I just want to stop for just a minute because later on in John the 8th chapter, he talks about, he, he says, I am the light of the world. And so we know that the light, is, this is not just a brightness. This is a special kind of light that we saw demonstrated in Jesus when he walked on this earth. So Jesus was the light of the world, but he starts out here in Matthew 5, and he says, now you are the light of the world. So it's not just Jesus. If it was Jesus, we wouldn't have any light anymore because he went to heaven. But he left that same light that was in him. He put it in us when we were born again. And so uh, he's talking about you, now, all of you, he could call your name, you could put your name in there. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Then it goes into verse 15, which says, Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So Jesus is using two different analogies here. He's talking about salt first. And uh, we women know how important salt is. You know, uh, I, I've cooked all my life till the last year. 
and then I've, I've been on vacation for a year, and I've learned what TV dinners are all about. And they don't measure up, but it beats having to cook for yourself. And so, uh, but I do know that you can take a, a, a really well-prepared dish, and it looks good, but if it needs salt, it does not taste as good. I don't know how many times I would eat something and I would say, uh, this needs more salt. And that's why people have salt shakers on the table, to salt it to your own satisfaction till you feel like it's flavored enough. So, well, let there be light. And there was light. <laughs> So Jesus talks about salt losing its saltiness. And, uh, so, and basically what he says is this, if salt isn't affecting the flavor of the food, if it's not affecting the flavor, it's worthless. And then he goes into talking about the light of the world. And he says that light can be hidden and when it is hidden, it does not affect the darkness anymore. We know the reason that we have light is to affect the darkness. That's why we turned on the light just a little while ago. I mean, it went a little darker, and then they turned the light back on, and the light affected the darkness. But he says, if you are light and you are not affecting the darkness, your light is hidden and you are worthless. So, uh, we know that it is important, according to, to Jesus, for us to be something and to do something. So, let me just, just go back and look at that scripture again. It says, you're the light of the world. And he said, let your light shine so that people can see something so that it can be visible. Jesus wants us to be visible to the world. Why does he want us to be visible to the world? Because he wants us to affect the world. And so he says this, there's actually two ways that we're going to affect the world. One is by our moral excellence or who we are or what we are. And two, our good deeds. He called it... Uh, uh, praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds. So it's, we're going to affect the world by who we are. We're going to affect the world by what we do. So tonight, uh, I want to talk a little bit about our influence. How we can spread our influence. You know, Jesus told a uh, one of the last messages that he told his disciples was, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And in Acts 1, it says, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses. So his, one of his goals for you and I is that we be witnesses to this world. And I know I, one person, I don't even know who said this, but it stuck with me and I wrote it down. He said this, witness everywhere you go 
and to everyone you meet, and if necessary, use words. So what he's saying is this, you are a witness. You just don't, you don't go out and witness. You are a witness, or you're not a witness, one or the other. But he says that you are the light of the world. Let me just um, read a word uh, uh, from the Lord that the Lord gave me. It's been uh, quite a while back. I don't know what year it was, but it really fits this year as well. But uh, this is a word that the Lord gave me at the starting of a year. And he said, the year ahead will mark a great division between darkness and light. The power on my children will increase as my light shines brighter and brighter upon them. And I believe that's going to happen this year more than ever. You know, I've been, I know a lot of you listen to some of the prophetic uh, ministries and and. We've heard a lot of prophecies about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and um, the move of God. And we're st- I think we're still sort of waiting to see that, but I believe it's already started in different places. And, you know, this is interesting to me. Uh, this just happened, uh, I guess this was Monday night, Monday night. I don't know how many of you watched Monday Night Football. We have a few. Okay. I was just I was just innocently watching it, and um, I mean these neither one of these teams are my favorites, but you know it's it's a football game, and so uh, I was watching it. And you've all probably heard what happened in uh, the first quarter. Uh, one of the uh, Hamlin is his last name. What is his first name? De- Demar? Demar Hamlin. Okay. Anyway, there was a hit. I didn't actually see it. I was on the phone. But there was a hit, and uh, he stood up, and then he just toppled over backwards. And basically, his heart stopped. They called the ambulance. They had to, uh, what do you call it? Res- resuscitate. That's the word I wanted. They had to resuscitate him. And I watched those big, tough, husky guys stand there with tears streaming down their face watching that. I mean, I was so touched just watching them see what was going on. And then I was sitting there watching. I mean, you know, they stopped the game, and they never did finish the game. Uh, but players, I don't know how many of the players, I think it was from both teams, gathered out in the middle of the field and knelt down and prayed. And I thought, wow. And just today I saw on Facebook that uh, one of the ESPN reporters that was reporting stopped and prayed on the air. A beautiful, wonderful, faith-filled prayer for this young man. All over, I mean, think, and I thought, wow. Now this looks like something's happening. Just saying, I really believe that this is, uh, is going to turn out for the good of the kingdom of God. I really believe it. 
I, I just, I was amazed when I would hear some of the players. I wouldn't even think had one spiritual thought run through their head. And they were saying, I'm praying for him. Isn't that amazing? So, um, darkness will recede into pockets where there are strong habitation of demons. And there it will bed up. It will constantly be looking for an advantage in order to invade any area where my light does not consistently shine. The influence of light will become greater than ever. Many will not come to the light, however, but instead will fight against it and will indeed run from it. I have made you a light in this world. If my children were not here, the world would be covered with darkness. Its structure would be without form and it would be void. Ever since creation, Lucifer has been working to bring the good creation that I made back to its former state of chaos. It's not that he necessarily wants it that way, but that's the condition his influence always produces, and we're seeing that in our world today. There is always a danger that my people will hide their light under a bushel and not be the influences that I intended them to be. When this happens, Satan's plan can prevail, and then the world feels the influence from the gates of hell. This year, and I believe we can say 2023, this year you will have a marvelous opportunity to make a difference in your world. You may think that your flame is small and insignificant, but when even a small light invades gross darkness, that tiny pinpoint of light affects the intensity of darkness. If Satan can't put out your light, he will not win his fight. He can only traffic in darkness, and when light comes, his progress is stopped. So I have a little illustration here tonight, um, just, just a visual that you can identify with. This is you and I before we were born again. And this is us now. This is our light. It, you may think your light is small, but this light, if we would turn off the lights, which don't, um, it would affect the darkness in here. But Jesus said this. He said, um, there is a danger for the children of God that have this light in us. There is this danger that we would hide that light. And he called it under a bushel. Uh, uh, we're going to call it a, under a trash bucket, okay? So we can hide this light even though it's still there. And it will not affect the darkness in any way. And when it doesn't affect the darkness in any way, it is worthless. And the way, there's, there's several ways that we can hide our light under the bushel or under the bucket or whatever you want to call it. We hide our light by acting more like the world than we do Christians. 
See, Jesus said that one way the world is going to be affected by your light is by your moral excellence. And, you know, I can't stress enough that there is a place in Jesus that we can be sin-free. And we need to strive to get there because our light will shine brighter the more we are like Jesus. And we will show our moral excellence to the world instead of acting like the world and being a part of that culture. I think we should strive to be like the culture of heaven and show the world something different. So there's a lot of different ways that uh, we can hide our light. Um, uh, and, and it's maybe not what we call sin, but it is sin. And that is un through unforgiveness, through offense, through self-pity, through depression, and any other outgrow of selfishness in our lives. Anything, whenever we get so ingrown, get our eyeballs ingrown, and all we think about is us, and all we think about is our needs, and, and we, uh, we go about uh, needy in this life. We need somebody to do this for us. We need somebody to tell us how good we are. We need, we need, we need. Then we are covering up that light, and we are not being an influence. We're not, we may be an influence, but not a good influence. And the key, what, what Jesus had in his heart was this. I'm going to make you light so you can be an influence. I want you to be an influence. So uh, he's telling us in, in the scripture that we read, he's telling us that and warning us don't hide our light. Let's get on with what the agenda is for our Father God in this day and hour in this year. And let's get rid of anything that would hide our light. And be the light. So you say, okay, well... Yeah, that sounds good, and yeah, that's what I want to be. And so we go home and say, wow, that was a good message. You know, I, I, I think that was, you know, that's really what the Bible says. But the question is, do you know how to be the light? How do you spread your influence in a practical way? Now, I'm going to look at a scripture in Matthew, the 25th chapter, uh, starting in verse 35. In this particular chapter, uh, it starts out, go ahead and put, put it up, but um, in uh, the first part of this chapter, he talks about the, the, the talent, it's the, it's the parable of the talents, actually. And so it says that the, the master went away and he left his possessions or he left his property to his servants. And so we, can, we know what was on Jesus' heart when he shared this parable was that uh, when he went away, he was going to leave us his property. 
his kingdom right here on this earth. And then you know the story how he left one uh, 5,000, one 2,000, and one 1,000 talents. And you remember the one talent, you know, the other two, they did something with what Jesus left them. But that one talent, you remember what, he, what that guy did? What did he do? He hid it. And there was not a good end for him. So, so then he goes on into this chapter, just right after he finishes that parable, and then he starts in verse 35, and um, he's talking about, um, I, I should have had, you probably can't get 34 up there, can you? Can you? Real easy? Because I can look it up, because I just want to refer to it. Okay, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come you blessed of my father, you favored of God and appointed to eternal salvation, inherit, receive as your own, the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. So he's talking about a group of favored people. So now we'll start with verse 35. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you brought me together with yourself and welcomed and entertained and lodged me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me with help and ministering care. I was in prison and you came to see me. Then the just and the upright will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcomed and entertained you or, na or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and came to visit you? And the king will reply to them, Truly, I tell you, insofar as you did it for one of the least in the estimation of men of these, my brethren, you did it for me. Now remember what Jesus said about how you let your light shine? He said it's by good works. Now, we're not saved by good works, but our light shines by doing good works. And uh, then, then uh, go ahead and leave that, that up there, but um, then he goes on in this chapter, and he talks about those that did not do this, and 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 uh, so before he shares that part he prefaces it with these this then he will say to those at his left hand be gone from me you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels now i this might confuse you because you think well good works is going to keep you out of hell but actually if you look at this you will see that he's talking about nations actually He's not talking about individuals. He's talking about nations. And so there are nations that are going to go uh, into the millennium, and there are those that will not, based on what they did for, you know, the benevolence and so on. But I wanted to show you this because I wanted you to see what's in the heart of God. This is what he's interested in. This is what show what causes your light to shine before men. 
the uh, feeding the hungry, uh, meeting, basically we could just put in a nutshell, meeting the needs of people. Caring for people. Um, I, I had read this one time and I jotted it down. Your life has been influenced by those that have loved you and those that didn't. Our lives have been influenced by the people that have loved us and cared for us. And in a negative way, our lives are influenced by those that didn't love us. Maybe that betrayed us, that didn't treat us right. And so Jesus is showing a contrast here between the right way to live and the wrong way to live. The way to be a good influence and the way to be a bad influence. And so what I really want us to see tonight is God wants us to spread our influence in this day and hour. And we need to know what it looks like. If we are, if we are an influence because we show love to someone... What does the action of love look like? So I want to look at 1 John, the third chapter. First in the Amplified and then in the TPT. Uh, 1, John, 1 John 3, 16. And I want you to note, uh, this is 1 John 3, 16. And um, if you will remember what John 3, 16 is... For God so loved the world, loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. First John 3, 6, 1 John 3.16 says this. By this we've come to know progressively, to recognize, to perceive, to understand the essential love that Jesus laid down his own life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for those who are our brothers in him. Go to that. But if anyone has this world's goods or resources for sustaining life and sees his brother and fellow believer in need, yet closes his heart of compassion against him, how can we say the love of God lives and remains in him? Little children... Let us not love merely in theory or in speech, but in deed and in truth, in practice and in sincerity. By this, we shall come to know, perceive, recognize, and understand that we are of the truth and can reassure, quiet, consolate, consolate, I did not have phonics in school, so hey, you guys are going to have to help me. I have spell checking. <laughs> yeah, sound it out. I was trying. <laughs> and can reassure, quiet, conciliate, and pacify our hearts in his presence. Uh, let's look at that in the TPT. This is how we have discovered love's reality. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. Because of this great love, we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another. If anyone sees a fellow believer in need, 
and has the means to help him, yet shows no pity, closes his heart against him, how is it even possible that God's love lives in him? Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory. Now, let me just stop there. It can't just be words. Our love can't be an abstract, abstract theory We only that we just talk about. But it, a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love in action which we reassure our hearts in his presence. Love has action. So how do we spread our influence? Well, you know, Jesus said um, that we should go out, we should build his kingdom. That's really our theme this year, building God's kingdom. We want to build God's kingdom. We just want to know how to do How do we do it? How do we build God's kingdom? Well, this we just learned that this is very important on the heart of God. You know, I've heard it said that people don't care what you know. And, you know, we know a lot here. We've been taught a lot. They don't care what you know. They just want to know that you care. That's the important part. That's when your light starts to shine. So uh, I, I was just thinking about Isaiah 61, and you don't have to put this up there, but uh, it talks about the anointing of the Messiah, about Jesus, why he came. And I shared a little bit of this on, on Christmas morning, why Jesus came. He came to heal the brokenhearted. And it says, I was sent to do this. Jesus said, I was sent to do this, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to open the prison doors of those that are bound, and the eyes of the blind, to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, that they can be oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that God can be glorified. That was what Je how, why Jesus was sent. And then Jesus said in John 17, 18, he said, just as I was sent into the world, I also have sent them or you into the world. So we have been sent to do the same thing that Jesus did. That's part of our job description. We have not been sent just to sit in a church pew. We don't have pews here, but uh, we've not been sent just to go to church. We need to go to church. We need to be built up. We need to be taught. But we have a job description. And if we do not let our light shine, then darkness will prevail. So, you know, one thing that uh, I've had people say, how do, just tell me, how do I do it? How do I do it? And I know one thing for sure. <coughs> we people, 
Uh, we don't like figuring out things on our own. We need somebody to tell us what to do. So if I tell you what to do, will you do it? Okay. I didn't have too much response there, but <laughs> because you don't know what I'm going to tell you to do. <laughs> and you might think it's going to be really hard. And so if you think it's going to be really hard, you might not want to do it. But it's not going to be hard. So I just wrote down some practical things because I don't want anybody to come to me and say, well, you talk about building God's kingdom. You talk about being the light. But you don't tell me what to do. You don't tell me how to do it. So you can't ever say that again after tonight. Okay? First of all, I've just written down some things some very practical things that we can do. We can make phone calls. Now, <clears throat> I'm talking about spreading our influence. Do you know how much it means to somebody whenever they're going through a hard time? And maybe they haven't been to church for a couple of weeks and, and uh, you notice that they haven't been there and you give them a call. And you say, hey, I've been missing you. You're on my mind this morning. Uh, is there something I can pray about? I, I've done that many times. And I, I watched my husband. Oh, my goodness. You wonder why there was, this place was packed with standing room only in this, in this place when he, at his funeral? Because his influence was great. He had spread his influence. You know how he, I, he, he was a good preacher, but the way he spread his influence, he did a lot of it on the phone. He would sit at night and he would call people. He would touch base with people. He would say, call somebody that, hey, I heard you might not be feeling well. And, and you know what they would say? It means so much to me that you called. And so we can do that as a church family. We can, we can look around and see who's missing. And we can give them a call. Monday morning, that's your calling day. Hello there, I didn't see you at church today and I just want you to know I missed you. Uh, is everything all right? Are you going through a hard time? Oh, I was just out of town. Oh, good, okay, well, we missed you. Just, or maybe they were having a hard time. Let me just pray with you before I hang up. Do you know how much influence that spreads? You are being a light. By just a simple phone call. How practical is that? Then uh, another, another way that we can spread our influence is to form relationships with people. You know, how many times do we come to church... We see new people, and we never even get, get their name. We don't know anything about them. They may come two, three times, and then we never see them again. And, you know, they just pass through. But you know what it would take for them to stay? A relationship. Get acquainted with them. If you see a visitor... Get acquainted with them. Learn what, you know, what, what's their job? Uh, what, you know, why are you, you know, do you live here? Do, 
and just form a relationship. Then take them out for lunch. I mean, you don't have to, but take them out for lunch. You can invite them to your home. Um, you know, I was even I was even so so invested in this that I made a dedication that if you want to take someone out for lunch and you don't have the money to do it, I'll foot the tab. Because I know how important that is. It's letting your light shine. It's spreading an influence. And you can't, you, you know, you can't touch base with everybody, but maybe just one person or two. And then, you know, you t one or two, and you one or two, and you one, and, and we are spreading our light. And we are being an influence in these people's lives. And then uh, I jotted down the third one, which is my favorite one, and that is to give, financial, uh, give, a, give to a financial need, give finances. My favorite thing is tipping. When I tip a waitress. I'm the best tipper in the world, so now when I go into a restaurant, I mean, I have people fighting to wait on me because I love to tip. And, I, you know, on, Sunday, on Christmas morning, I told you about an experience I had. Over, It was over in Woodward. I was on my way to Sealing, and uh, I, I had put a $100 bill in my purse, and I just, uh, when I... The Lord had told me to put that $100 bill in my purse, and he said, I want you to give it to a waitress. And I was excited, because my goal is to tip every waitress $100 every time they wait on me. So that's going to come. And so if you all want to go into the waitress business, look me up, because that's my, that's my goal. But uh, so I had it there. This little girl waited on me, and I just I wasn't sure if she was the one. And um, so I thought, you know, it just doesn't feel right. So I just got up and paid out and was walking out the door. And here she came right behind me. And she was on her way to her car to get something out of her car. And I thought, huh, that's suspicious. And so I watched her and I, wa I thought, I'm going to just see which car she gets in. You know, if she's going to get into a Mercedes or something like that, she doesn't need $100. She went to this old, that dilapidated car, and I thought, she's the one. So I walked over to her, and I said, um, you know, the Lord's told me to do something. And I handed, I held out that $100, and she said, uh, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, it's too much, it's too much. And I said, oh, no. I said, the Lord told me to give this to you and to tell you what a good job you're doing. And I just gave her a word from the Lord because he had told me that. And uh, I finally forced her to take it, and she just, tears were just coming down her cheeks. And she says, could I hug you? And I said, yes, I hope you will. And so she hugged me, and, and then she texted me a few days later, because I had given her my card. And uh, she texted me and told me how much that meant to her. And uh, the sequel to that is this last week, Brad and I ate there on our way back from Sealing. And the, she was there, and she, so I hugged her when we walked in the door, and then I introduced her to Brad. So this is my son, and she turned to Brad, and she said, your mother is the most wonderful woman in the whole wide world. <laughs> I thought, yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, but let me tell you, 
Did I spread influence? Did I show light? Did I make, she says, I will never forget you, and I'm going to keep in touch. Did that make a difference? It was a small thing, but it made a difference. And I'm not saying that to build myself up because uh, you, you all probably have done better than that. But uh, I was just being obedient. But it makes a difference, those little things that you do. You can look around the congregation. Maybe the Lord, I, my goal is that every time there is a need in this congregation, somebody in this congregation will know it and they will help that person. They will do something to help that person financially, whatever. Uh, I know a lot of people take advantage and, and you know, you, you just don't know for sure if it's going to be appreciated. It doesn't matter. If God tells you to do something, you do it. Spread your light. And uh, lastly, that I wrote down, there's a lot of ways, but to greet the visitors, be ge act genuinely interested in every visitor or anybody that crosses your path. I remember years ago, Charlie and I uh, made a trip. Uh, we, were, we had an ex all-expense-paid trip to Dallas uh, by a, a church member that paid our way and uh, gave us a limousine to ride around in. and I mean, it was like a trip of a lifetime. And so on Wednesday night, we thought, I think we're going to, you know, we were down there. I thought, I think uh, we'll just go to Kenneth Copeland's church down there on Wednesday night. So uh, we pulled up in the limousine and <laughs> got out, walked into that church. From the time we walked into the church until we left that meeting, not one person spoke to us. Not one person acknowledged that we were there. And um, I felt invisible. I did not feel welcome. And, you know, it may have just been a strange night, and I'm not saying anything against that ministry. I'm sure it's changed now, but, but that night, that was the way it was. But I experienced what it feels like to be a stranger in the midst of people, and nobody notices. I mean, you'd have thought they'd noticed pulling up in a limousine. Of course, <laughs> they didn't know that. But I'm just saying this. These are practical things that we can do. Make people, you know, get out of your comfort zone. We live a very selfish life sometimes. And sometimes it doesn't take a lot of time. But look around and be a light in somebody's life. It will change your life. And it will change their life. And so I want to close with... Um, uh, Matthew 5, 13 through 16 out of the Message Bible. So let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness. And we'll end up in the garbage. I don't want to be there. Do you? Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. 
We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. So listen, <clears throat> if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you, a trash bucket? I'm putting you on a lamp stand, a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop or on a light stand, your job description, should you choose to receive it, is to shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God, this generous Father in heaven. So, this is my challenge to you in 2023. Let's put feet to our faith, action to our love, and be Jesus' hand extended to the needy, the hurting, and the forsaken. Then we will affect the darkness and will spread our influence to build God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, one life at a time. Amen. Stand with me, please. Now, all that entails is to be obedient. Just say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm ready to do it. Whether it's time, whether it's money, whatever it is, I am ready to do it. Because I want to be that person that Jesus says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over the little, I'm going to, and you've been faithful over much. Enter into the joy. Enter into the joy of your salvation. Let me tell you, there's nothing more fun than to be a blessing to somebody else. Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. So, uh, tonight I'm just going to, after we pray, I'm going to turn you loose on the world. And your job description tomorrow and the rest of this year is to be a light and to shine. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.